Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studios, it's time for Business Leaders Radio. Now, here's your host, John Ray. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Business Leaders Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, this is going to be a good one. Coach Jim Johnson is with us. Jim is a public speaker and author. Jim, welcome. Thank you, John. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. So let's give folks a little background on you. You've got you've earned that coach title the hard way, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, uh, I uh, actually grew up in a suburb of Rochester, New York, a town called Greece, and I was the oldest of six children. So I came. And we uh, had a, a real big background in sports. My father was actually my high school basketball coach and kind of coached us in all kinds of youth sports, and we were really into sports. Uh, and so I grew up playing a lot of different sports. In high school, I really developed a, a real big passion and ended up playing for my father for three years as a high school player. Uh, then I went to college thinking I was going to be a great college player and got humbled by getting cut from the team, uh, although it did come back and help me, I think, because of uh, getting different perspectives, uh, because my dream was I really wanted to be a, uh, a basketball coach at the high school level. And so I fortunately, because uh, I... Uh, Screwed around a little bit in college for a while. I was uh, kind of off the beaten path. Unfortunately, I met a young lady that we are now going to be married for 40 years this summer. So she kind of helped straighten me out and got me back in the right direction. And uh, I convinced her to move over uh, to my hometown and we got married the next year. And uh, so I started my teaching and coaching career and I, I kind of stumbled uh, early on. I struggled to get a full-time job. Then I finally got my first full-time job and got a, a varsity basketball position in a town about 20 minutes from where I, I grew up. I thought I was going to turn this program around that wasn't very good. Um, and of course, I did such a great job that I led them to 17 straight losses and they ended up letting me go. So at 25 years old, uh, I, I went from being really excited to uh, not having a job again. Uh, and I guess a, a real huge break is I got uh, an opportunity the next year to go work with a, in a college level with a guy named Bill Van Gundy. And for people that listen, uh, if you follow the basketball world, you probably are familiar with not Bill, but his two sons, Jeff and Stan, are both commentators and have been head coaches in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Coach Van Gundy helped me get uh, really some guidance, and uh, he became a mentor to me. And But I really want to get back to the high school level, and I was fortunate to do that. And then actually my last 27 years, I ended up coaching at uh, – my town is pretty big. We had three high schools when I grew up, and now there's four, but I – actually went to one of them who was the head coach in my last 27 years at the other two high schools. And uh, we ended up doing pretty well. Uh, and uh, I know you were, we're probably going to talk a little bit of how I got into public speaking. So uh, I can delve into that a little bit after that. So, yeah, well, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. I mean, what talk about your journey from coaching on the court to public speaking. Yeah. So I started, I started about the second half of my career. I, this is when I was at Athena. I was there for my last 20 years. I really started to study leadership, and I started listening to all the motivational Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and all down the line. And I, um, uh, so I was trying to figure out how could I get into speaking. Well, uh, I had something that happened that I wasn't expecting, and that was 
in 2006, I had a young man that was in our basketball program that had tried out three consecutive years. His name was Jason McGalwain. The world now knows him as J-Mac, a name I tagged because I kept butchering his last name. But he <laughs> liked it. And so uh, anyways, Jason is on the autism spectrum and he has some learning disabilities, mm. uh, but he tried out for our team three consecutive years, not making it once, but he would come to all our off season and he was my team manager personally for two years. And so his senior year, when he didn't make the team again, I said, I want to give you a gift for your commitment to our program. And the gift I offered him was I was going to have him go into uniform instead of his white shirt and black tie that he wore as our team manager at every game and hopefully get you into our final home game, which we call senior night. Well, senior night came and everybody was fired up. Uh, you know, they heard that Jason might get in and I put him in with about four minutes to go. And John, when he walked on the court, uh, you, I'm usually, uh, although I do cr- get emotional at times, but I usually don't cry at basketball games, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially ones I'm coaching. Sure. But this was different. Uh, when Jason walked on the floor, we had a good student body following and they were at the game and they, uh, what I didn't know and what Jason didn't know is one of our parents made all these pictures, these placards, and put them on paint sticks and said uh, to the students, if Jason gets in the game, show these. Well, I had no idea. When he walks on the court, they have all these pictures of him, and I get so overwhelmed with emotion. I sit down and tears start rolling down my face. Wow. Well, now the game begins. And just to give your audience, Jason was a little guy, too, at that time, although he's grown quite a bit physically since then. But he was five nine, maybe 110 pounds soaking wet senior year when he got in that game. So the first time he touches the ball, he shoots a three from the right corner. The crowd kind of stands in anticipation. It misses by like six feet. And I kid people that I know you're not supposed to pray in the public schools, but I was praying, dear God, please help me get one basket. <laughs> and, uh, his next possession, uh, we actually get him the ball, and he misses about a 12-foot shot. Mm. And so I'm thinking to myself, all right, God's starting to listen. We're getting closer. And then the third possession, John, he makes a three. And the place just explodes, and, my, and running through my mind is, God must be a basketball fan. Not only has Jason scored, he's got a three-pointer. It can't get any better than this, right? That's right. Well, for the next three minutes, Jason's idol was the late, great Kobe Bryant. Mm. And he turns into Kobe for like three minutes. He just starts making shot after this shot. And the place is in pure bedlam. And, of course, his coach is in falling down in tears. In fact, with about a minute to go, I didn't. I don't know how many baskets they had at that point, but his mother comes down out of the bleachers and taps me on the shoulder and whispers in my ear, Coach, this is the best gift you could ever have given my son. Of course, I cried harder. I was so touched. Yeah. And then how the game ends, actually, is like out of Hollywood ending. He, uh, at the end of the game, our opponent, I want to give kudos to their players and coach. They were Spencer Board High School. They were really good sports that night. Jason gets the ball after they score a basket. He's dribbling down the floor, and he shoots like a 25-footer. And I'm like, Jason, don't shoot for that. You're going to ruin all this. And swish. And the place erupts. All our players run on the floor. The fans run on the floor. And all I can think is I'm living the movie, Rudy. Mm-hmm. And they put him up on their shoulders, and he's got the game ball over his head. And then our public address now comes on. And I have no idea at this point how many points he has. He says the leading score for the Trojans. J-Mac with 20 points. He was our leading scorer. Wow. And I, I could believe, because if you figured it out, he basically scored 20 points in four minutes. So if you multiply that for a game, you scored 160 points for a game. So that wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. And the uh, two quick things. 
One was, well, I'll tell you one thing that was really powerful is that we had had a lot of difficulty. In fact, I wrote a book about it. Um, we had a lot of challenges that season. The book is called The Coach and a Miracle. And yet when Jason got the game, I never asked the players on the floor passing the ball. Yet in those last four minutes, he was the only one that shot the ball. They could pass him. And that touched my heart deeply. And then interesting is Jason's major goal besides that he wanted to play in a game was he wanted to help us win our first section five championship. I I'd been a pretty successful coach at that time, but we had never won a section five championship. And actually three and a half weeks after the game, we won our first section five championship mm. in front of us sold out of arena about 11,000 people. So it was pretty crazy. And then the last thing fast forward as I mentioned, Jason's idol was Kobe Bryant. And actually four months later, he's in Los Angeles at the ESPY Awards. He's up for the greatest sports moment of the year. And one of the other four finalists is Kobe, his idol. Kobe had scored 81 points in an NBA game there. And he beat Kobe out for the ESPY. So that was pretty cool. Wow. Wow. That that makes chills run up my spine. Several yeah, aspects of that story. So, wow, what a great story. But so talk about what happened from there. I mean, how did that, that obviously changed your life. Yeah. 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 I mean, as I said, uh, I was doing a, a, some speaking in the basketball world, but certainly out, nothing outside, but immediately after that season, because it, the, the story just blew up. I mean, it, you know, we were getting calls at the school from all over the world. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was pretty crazy. Uh, but anyways, um, you know, people started to reach out and said, can you come and share that story? And so I, uh, I started to do a few presentations. And at first I was kind of shaky and I'm like, but then I started to like it. And I was getting good reception and I could share from my heart because it was a story that touched me deeply. And, you know, I had such a bond with Jason. And so I, uh, I developed a speech called Dreams Really Do Come True. And I started to travel and and then I got really a, a nice um, bit of advice. I, I was probably speaking for about 18 months, and I was still pretty close. I was starting to become, I think, a better speaker, but I knew nothing about the speaking business. I was doing it on the side. I was still teaching and coaching. And uh, a, a guy saw me present in uh, Chicago, and he came up to me after my speech. and said, Coach, you know, you're a really good speaker. I said, well, thank you. And I said, uh, you should really join the National Speakers Association. And John, at this point, I had no clue what he was talking about. I said, what is that? <laughs> uh, but that could be a great bit of advice uh, because I belong to a couple of basketball organizations, one nationally and one in our state. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I wasn't involved in anything from speaking organization. I ended up joining and I've been a member for 12 years. And that's helped me both from the speaking and the business side, because I've learned a lot, you know, learned, you know, I've gotten some mentors and learned from some of the best speakers in the world. So um, that was a really good bit of advice that I share that if you want to be really good at something, you got to study it and, you know, get mentors and get people that can help you uh, uh, become better. You talked about, uh, Jim, how the speech that you were giving revolved around dreams come true. Mm -hmm. dive a little more into that. Um, and you know, really some of the principles that you passed along in your talks. Yeah. So that, in that presentation, I do a leadership talk. We can talk a little bit about that as well, but sure. Is that with the dream speech, what really struck me, John was after about six weeks and I, you know, I'd given a, maybe one or two presentations after that season and it struck me that, you know, what should I call this? And I said, you know, and, and pretty much everyone has some type of dream, whether they share it with people or not, you know, and yet 
most people don't believe dreams come true. And, you know, after I witnessed what Jason and all the studying I have done, you know, of trying to study high achievers and learning from them was I realized that, you know what, dreams can come true. And that's what I really wanted to share is to inspire people. And I give them six keys to um, help them think about and implement in their life. And those keys are number one is, is finding your passion in life. Like Jason was not really a very good basketball player, but he had a tremendous passion. He was a student of the game and he tried to find different ways where he can contribute, even though he wasn't a player. I mean, he came every day to practice all our games and he was, the kid loved him. He was a big contributor, even though he was not officially a player on our team. So finding your passion. And I really advise people that, you know, passions can change. And I think you should try different things, find things, you know, some things you might like, some things, because there's not going to be any, you know, I hear this and there's some truth to it, but you know, if you find what you love to do, you're never going to work your day in your life. Well, you know what I found, I mean, I love coaching basketball. I love professional speaking, but there's things in both those businesses that I didn't like. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think it's, uh, you're going to find where everything's perfect for you. But when you do have that passion, that it really helps you in the drive that you want to keep getting better. Second thing I talk about is discovering what your mission in life is. You know, and really, I, I really try to help people develop their own personal mission statement and, and getting clarity. And I share it with them. You know, my mission statement is to be an outstanding role model that makes a positive difference in the world by helping others make their dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to, you know, I, I'm not, I'm far from perfect, but I always go back to that. And I, I one bit of advice I give people in trying to get their mission. Well, two things I'll say. One is why will you put on the service? Really focus on trying to answer that question. And two, really get clarity about what are your three most important values. And once you get clarity of that, like one of my important values is service to others. So, you know, that's part of how I implemented what I just shared. The third thing I talk about is how to set goals. Uh, and, you know, we, we used to spend a lot of time with our players, both on individual and team goals and getting clarity. You know, the famous thing, I used to give my team a quote every day. And we, we broke our season into weeks. So each week we had a theme. And when we had our goals week, which was early in the season, we would talk about, you know, a quote every day. And one of my favorites was, when you think it, ink it. And another one I always said is you can't hit a target you don't have, you know, so that's Mm -hmm. why I think the importance of setting goals. The fourth one that Jason was one of the best illustrations I can ever share with anybody is perseverance, the ability to that never give up mindset, to find different ways. You know, as I said, Jason was actually a player on our team, but he found different ways that he could contribute. The fifth one I talk about is carpe diem, the ability to seize the day. And I, I really talked and I worked a lot with our players of having the proper mindset of, you know, being a growth mindset. In fact, I really push people to develop their own personal growth plan, you know, to be intentional and try to get a little bit better every day because then you get that compounding effect. And then the last thing, which I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Jason's teammates passed him the ball every time he was out there. In fact, I still kid Jason to this day. I still see him a lot. And I say, Jason, I'm still looking for your first assist. You never passed the ball once. <laughs> but, he uh, was too busy scoring. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, his, his, it really, the best thing was that he wanted so badly for us to win the Section 5 championship. And mm. I think that still excites him more than us, than his game, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so being a great team player, it was a six key I share in that presentation. Uh, folks, we're here chatting with Coach 
Jim Johnson and uh, former high school basketball coach, now uh, a speaker, author. Uh, Jim, you talked about developing your own, you know, personal goals and aspirations, dreams. That really leads us into talking about mission statements, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about how you counsel uh, folks out there to develop their own personal mission statement. Yeah, so I think, you know, one thing uh, I mentioned earlier is that I think you really got to define who you are. Uh, like I, I'm, I put out a newsletter letter every month, and one of the things I'm challenging my readers this month is is to um, write out th- your three most important values. Write out your three uh, things that you believe about yourself, and write out three things that you believe about interacting with others. Like I give you an illustration. Like one of my core values is personal growth, uh, and one of those. Uh, is that I'm passionate about the things I do. And then as far as working with others, I always want to respect every person. So those are just some concepts. I I think when you start to get clarity, and I really encourage people both in mission and also in goals, is write them down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like one of the things we really with our uh, players when we talked about goal setting was that we wanted them to actually write goals, their goals on their cards. And, you know, we started with a piece of paper, then I would meet with them one-to-one. We talk about those goals and I would encourage them to put them on cards and look at them and read them in front of a mirror. And we always talked about two statements to start your day. We said, tell yourself, I am responsible because you're in charge of your life. And number two is I like myself because I think you got to care about yourself before you can care about others. Now, we also talked about that doesn't mean you're arrogant. We still want confidence with humility, not Mm -hmm. arrogance. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, But, you know, those are the things that we really uh, try to focus on them getting in in both the physical and mental by writing it down. And then and then we also did mental imagery sessions where we and I'll share a, a quick story about imagery. Uh, you know, I retired from everything coaching wise in 2016. In my last year, I had a very good player that actually ended up playing uh, part of uh, two years ago. He, he played with the Houston Rockets. Uh, and in his senior year, we were playing in the semifinals of, the, of our tournament. And he gets fouled with six seconds to go in the game down three. He gets fouled on a three point attempt. Mm. And he goes up and he makes all three free throws, and we end up winning the game in overtime. So we were able to go to the finals that year. Wow! And they asked him after the game, one of the reporters said, "Anthony, what were you thinking?" He says, "We did so many imagery sessions. I saw myself making those shots so many times. I knew they were going in. Mm. And you know, and the power. And then just a little bit. Uh, what happened is when I uh, retired, my assistant was going to take over for me." And he said, Jim, would you ask all the players, should we keep mental imagery? And 100% of them all believe. Because that's how much you know we got them to buy into that. And then certainly stories like I shared about Anthony shows the power of the mental piece of it. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things, though, is this interplay, I think, between your own personal mission and then – the team and right. and working within a team and having trust among your team. Yeah. Talk about some of those issues. Sure. 
So I, I think, you know, the first thing I encourage as being a leader is that you got to lead yourself. So it's having your own personal mission statement and having clarity about who you are is where I believe it starts. Number two is anytime you take over, you know, a business, a team, an organization, whatever you want to call it, is they have to have a mission. And if you're taking over, um, what you really got to do is you got to make sure that if there's already a, a team mission statement in place, that everyone knows it and everyone's buying into it. Uh, you know, I, I know I've met with management teams and I'll say, so, so I see your mission statement is so-and-so and a couple look at me like, oh, is that what it is? You know, and <laughs> That's not good. No. Uh, and so I think it's really good. Like, for example, our team mission was to be develop winners on and off the court. And when I told them is my job was to give you clarity on what it takes to be a winner on the court, you know, so being a great teammate, being someone that could handle adversity, uh, thinking of the team first. And then what, what does it take to be a winner off the court? You know, being as someone that's going to be as good as they can academically, someone that was going to um, take care of themselves and make wise choices, be a good community uh, um, member. And one of the things I really, I heard this, a few years ago from Patrick Lencioni, and it is so true. I think the best leaders, he calls them CROs, Chief Reminding Officers. And I think as a leader, you got to consistently be sharing where the mission is. And so everybody's getting clarity and you're getting buy-in. And that's the other thing, I think the power of the short one-on-one meetings. So everybody's clear, uh, you know, just asking the questions. Like I used to ask my kids all the time. I meet with them short time and say, all right, Tell me uh, how things are going. You know, what are you working on and how can I best support you? You know, just mm. making it simple, but, you know, getting clarity so that you're building that bond, um, which leads into the other part you said was trust. And one of the things I challenge in my leadership uh, talk, one of my keys is building trust. And, you know, pretty much anyone, when I talk to any kind of organization, and I'll say, is trust important? 100%. <laughs> you know, you got to have trust, right? But what I challenge them is, is, do you actually have a trust plan? Because we took over, as I mentioned, my first uh, basketball varsity job was a, a disaster. <laughs> I got fired after one year. But I took over three other programs, all been losing. We turned them around uh, either in the first or second year and got a winning season pretty quickly. So, and what I did is I would meet with my staff after we got that together and we talked about. Uh, to my staff that what we got to do is we got to develop trust that our players will trust us. And the three things we focused in on, one was that we were going to uh, tell each other the truth. So the truth sets you free as the Bible says. Number two is we have to align our words and actions consistently. So if we expect our players to be at practice at 630, we better be there early. And, and because all those things, I, I, I talk about building a trust account like a bank account. You know, if you keep consistently put deposits in, you're going to build that account. If you consistently take withdrawals, you're going to withdraw that account with one caveat. The one thing that's very difficult about trust is you can really destroy trust and I'll give you an example. Like I said, well, my mission personally was to be an outstanding role model. Well, my last 23 years in coaching, I had a mentor challenge me. Jim, you say your mission wants to be a great role model. I challenge you not to drink alcohol during the season. Now, of course, you know you don't want your players to do that. Legally, they, they're not supposed to. And But I can, right? I'm legal age. Mm-hmm. And I did. The last 23 years, I told my parents and my players that I would not drink during the season. 
And I never broke that promise. But what happens, let's throw the scenario. I share that. And two weeks later, I get pulled over for a DWI. You think that would shatter the trust? Yeah. I think so. I think you would absolutely. And it's probably something you would never get back with that team. It would take you a long time, which leads me to the last thing. Because we took over, you know, three losing programs is one of the things I really stress to our our um, coaches is we got to catch these guys doing more right than wrong. Okay. You know, certainly as a coach and a leader, you got to critique and correct, but we got to really go. And I used to tell my staff, you know, sometimes in practice, just go in today and be really positive, you know, really try to focus on catching them. Right. So you're building that bond that, that you're recognizing because, you know, that old adage, what you recognize, you'll get more of. Uh, and I think that's something, you know, what you praise and the other thing we really worked on trying to teach our players and teach our staff is praise with specifics. Instead of saying, nice job, Johnny, because I coach boys basketball, I'd say, Johnny, that was a great effort diving on the floor for a loose ball. That's what champions do. So he had a lot of clarity. That was something that was great for mm-hmm. us, you know, for them to do. That helps the visualization too, right? I mean, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the kinds of groups that you speak to, the kinds of groups that uh, ought to be interested in hiring you to come uh, visit with them. Yeah, so I I speak to businesses. You know, in fact, my most recent speech, I spoke to a mortgage company in Ohio. So uh, I I certainly love speaking to adults. But, you know, because I came from the education background, the two other groups that I love speaking to is I love speaking to to schools, whether it be assemblies or uh, teacher development days, you know, speaking at conferences for education, you know, whether it be administrators, uh, you know, so I've done all facets of the education and the third one that I've started to do more of, because as I mentioned, you know, I started a podcast and I'm working actually on a second book with a college professor, and she is also on the podcast with me, is to help young and emerging leaders. So one of the things that I've really started to do more of in the last few years is speak to college students. I, I think that I can make a great impact in sharing uh, and, and just also people that are just getting into leadership positions. Because, you know, you see so much. I see this a lot. You know, the person that's the best salesperson in your organization, all of a sudden, okay, that person should be the sales manager. Well, the thing is, being a a leader and being someone that's great in sales, there's different skill sets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so people get promoted and be a sales manager and they end up being a sales mangler. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they, they don't know how to lead. Right. So that's one of the things that I, I really want to do is, is share ideas because, you know, all the mistakes I learned early and I love to help people with that learning curve so they don't make the same mistakes uh, because, you know, leadership is a challenge, but you know what? We need leadership more than ever. Uh, yes, for sure. And the right kind of leadership, which you're talking yeah. about. Um, well, let, let's, as we kind of wrap up here, Let's talk a little bit about your podcast and, and folks that are interested in that. Let's tell them where they can find it. Sure. So it's on, we have a YouTube t- channel. We also are on pretty much all the platforms and you can, uh, we can share my website down the road. But, uh, so it's called the Limitless Leadership Lounge. And what it is, is it, it's a tri-generational. So we have a young man that just uh, graduated. He actually went to the high school. I coached at, but I did not know him. I actually met him because I've become an avid tennis player. I met him at my high school courts and, and uh, he just finished his communications 
masters at Syracuse. So uh, mm. he's just getting started in the world, and he's kind of our host. And then uh, myself and Dr. Renuma Crane, she's an adjunct professor at a, a local college by me, and she, her and I are actually working on a book on it as well. And she's a pretty neat lady. She uh, she originally came from Bangladesh, came over to the United States. And so our format is we, uh, we've we done some, uh, I think we've done over 40 now. And so we've done almost a year now. And we're having a lot of fun with it. And we've had, uh, we don't do some where we t- pick a topic and have a discussion, but more times than not, we've had some really neat people um, talk. And, and the focus is we really try to zero in on our questions on helping young and emerging leaders. Uh, and uh, boy, we've had some really good guests. I, I'm really proud. Of, you know, it's funny. I know you're doing them now. Uh, it, it's something that I wasn't sure. I've become a podcast addict. I listen to them all the time myself. Uh, and I I've thoroughly enjoy doing it. It's one of my favorite things to do. That's awesome. Uh, coach Jim Johnson, folks, uh, he's a, uh, leadership speaker, personal development. Uh, he's an author need to check him out. And we're going to tell you how to do that right now. Cause that's the most important question and answer. So let's give, give folks directions on where they can find you there, coach. Sure. So, uh, my website, so I wouldn't forget it is coach Jim Johnson.com. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, hopefully, uh, and at that, you know, we have a, a free monthly newsletter, um, and then we also I do a, a weekly blog that they can sign up for. Those are all free. I also have a YouTube channel, uh, Coach Jim Johnson, where I do uh, weekly uh, information, those types of things. Uh, and then, you know, certainly we have all the information about my speaking. Uh, you know, and sign up, and if anybody's interested, I'd be glad to give anybody a complimentary fifteen minute coaching call. I, I do some coaching. I enjoy working with people to try to help them become a better leader of themselves and others. So if I can help any of your listeners uh, that way. And if anybody certainly would love me to present to their organization, uh, I do a leadership to- talk, as we mentioned, the inspirational talk, the dreams talk. I do uh, some teamwork uh information. And also I started, uh, I know inclusion has become very big and, you know, JMAC is certainly, we included them. So I just started a new presentation called Who's Your JMAC, which is inclusion. Uh, and we talk about three principles of helping you uh, welcome people and include them in your team and organization. And then I, I do some workshops as well on leadership and goal setting. Wow. Great work from coach Jim Johnson. Uh, Jim, this has been great and uh excited for you those that work with you congratulations on the great work you do and thanks for coming on my pleasure john thanks for having me uh and hopefully i'll get down your way and we'll get a chance to meet in person i look forward to that yeah hey hey folks just a uh, quick thought here if you've heard something here in this show that makes you think hey i want to share that please share the show (laughs) that's what this is all about and we we we're here to celebrate great business leaders like coach Jim Johnson. So if you would, uh, uh, help support us in that effort to celebrate him and his work and all the great business leaders that we've had on this show, we would appreciate it. So for my guest coach, Jim Johnson, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on business leaders radio.